Appaloosa Radio offers dry, wheat, stubble and original audio story, Chapter 3. In the darkened room, watching with intense emotion, Sergeant Jeff Blake decided to act. As Lisa Paternino started to leave the prison visitation center, he handed her a note. It simply said, call me and we can get together. It gave her his home phone number. Call me and we can get together. No message could be more ambiguous. None could be more fraught with danger. She was the wife of a notorious drug lord who, by the very nature of his business, did bad things to people. Really bad things. George himself, Lisa knew, was a genuine coward. He would panic at the sight of his own blood. But he had associates, associates who were not squeamish about doing things. They would not appreciate that she was having private conversations with one of George's prison guards. Then, there was the danger to Sergeant Blake. Didn't he realize that he was putting his career at jeopardy? There were probably laws about fraternizing with prisoners and with prisoners' wives. Still, it seemed an opportunity. More than anything else, Lisa was good at recognizing an opportunity. Meeting with the sergeant might help George. More importantly, it might help her. Worth doing, but there had to be ground rules, clearly understood expectations. She called the number that he had given her. She was surprised that a child answered the phone. He was more Kansas than she had realized. Nonetheless, she dove in. Hello, this is Mrs. Lisa Paternino, is your father, Mr. Jeff Blake there? Almost immediately, she heard, Dad, it is for you. Some lady. Mr. Blake, this is Lisa Paternino. You asked me to call. Jeff Blake stumbled on his words. He never expected that she would actually call him. Still, he managed to say, I was hoping that we could get together and discuss some matters. Lisa was now far less apprehensive. She realized that the power of the moment had swung to her. Yes, Sergeant Blake, I would enjoy discussing things with you. Could you suggest a restaurant that we might meet at for lunch? Before he could answer, she added, instead of my next monthly conjugal visitation, I'll have lunch with you instead. Jeff managed, that would be fine. Then a long pause while he thought. How about the apple blossom? about five miles north of the prison, just off the main highway. I remember seeing it. Yeah, it is pretty easy to find. Oh, Sergeant Blake, don't wear your guard uniform. Sure? No problem. And, Sergeant Blake, I will not be blackmailed into having sex with you. This is a discussion, not an exploitive encounter. Believe me if you attempt anything, I mean anything, you'll regret it. A long pause, then Jeff responded, I understand. I completely understand. See you there. Almost inaudible, Jeff answered, see you there. By the standards of Harrison County, the Apple Blossom was a fine restaurant. It was where, every Tuesday, the Kiwanis Club met and where the prison always held its annual staff Christmas party. More of its lunchtime customers wore white shirts and ties than at any other restaurant. Still, by the standards of Denver, it was just a country restaurant. Hearty food that the locals enjoyed, but certainly not food show quality. Fortunately, 
it had some booths behind a small divider that provided a sense of privacy. Lisa arrived first. She told the waitress that she was meeting someone for a business conversation. The waitress recommended the booths behind the divider, and bless her heart, later steered regular customers to other parts of the restaurant. It was as private as it could get. Jeff arrived 15 minutes later. Lisa saw him at the door, looking around nervously. To ease his discomfort, and to show her power of the moment, she walked over to him, shook his hand and said, I've got us a table over here. Lisa had worn a pastel-colored pantsuit with a sheer blouse underneath. Jeff immediately noticed that she was not wearing a bra. She noticed that he noticed. She smiled, knowing that she had made the right choices. Out of uniform, Jeff looked very differently. He was not wearing a hat, so she could see that he had dark, curly hair. His cowboy shirt fit his chest tightly. She could see that he worked out regularly. He had tight, western gabardine pants, and, of course, he was wearing cowboy boots. She immediately remembered her prior lover, the oil man whom she called the cowboy. He had been a sophisticated dresser. Western in style, yes, but clearly color-coordinated, high-end fabrics. Jeff, on the other hand, looked like a Kansas farmer, all dressed up to go to a barn dance. She knew without even seeing the parking lot that Jeff Blake had driven over in his truck. Her previous lover, the oil man, always traveled by private limousine. Very different, she mused. Very different. Yet, Jeff's appearance did not put her off. His clothes told her who he was, with an honesty and simplicity she enjoyed. Sergeant Blake, what was it that you wanted to talk about? Jeff Blake attempted small talk, but after less than 30 seconds, he was blurting out. I love you. Oh, I love you. I want you to marry me. Um, Sergeant. You are married with young children. I am married to a man who is in your prison. I just don't know how that could work out. Jeff was crestfallen and very embarrassed. He began mumbling, I'm sorry. So sorry. We'll be going. Sergeant sit back down, and tell me why we should get married. I've never thought about why. I just thought love, love was all that matters. Sergeant, I do not now love you. She paused and took a breath. Maybe I could over time. You have many admirable qualities, the most important of which, is that you are honest, and straightforward. Jeff looked downcast, and more than a little scared. Sergeant, do you know why I married George Paternino? You loved him and wanted to be with him. No. In truth, I have always detested him. No, I married him for two reasons, drugs and money. He had lots of both. Jeff fell silent. He looked down at the table, not daring to look up. Sergeant Blake, look at me. Look directly at me. Carefully study me. What do you see? An incredibly beautiful woman. One of the most beautiful I have ever seen. No. What you are seeing is a drug addict, a woman whose only desire is to fill her body with venom. Poisons. Toxin she paused and her voice fell to a whisper. I have seen other girls, pretty girls, smart girls. I have seen what these poisons do. 
I know that I must stop. Otherwise, I'll be just like them. Jeff Blake looked at his hands, seeing the veins pumping as his heart did. He wanted to run away. He wished he had never given her that note. Sexual fantasies. That's all of that it had been. Sergeant Blake, I'll make you a deal. You either take it or leave it. No maybes. Not sure what was happening, Jeff managed an okay. Sergeant Blake, I want to go into a substance abuse rehab program, one that many of the Hollywood stars go to. It takes 11 months, and it's in Aspen, but not the fun part. More in the wilderness. It costs $7,000, but I don't have the money. She paused and began again in an explainer tone. I've been coming up, these many months to that god-awful conjugal visitation program, making love to a man I do not like, in front of you and your cop friends, to find where George had stashed his hoard. No luck. I'm beginning to believe that there is no hoard. George probably spent it all. So, Sergeant, I need $7,000. You say you want to marry me. Here's my offer. You give me $7,000 and I do the substance abuse program, and when I am finished, I'll marry you. I'll make you one fine wife. I promise to be faithful. I promise to make you happy. But you don't love me. Marriage is not about love. It is about meeting needs, making each other happy. I can do that for you. It took Jeff Blake 10 seconds to make his decision. That afternoon, he asked his father to take a $7,000 crop loan out from the Farm Credit Association, where his wife Becky worked, promising to pay him back from his overtime checks. Then, he wrote a check and mailed it to Lisa. He had no trouble hiding it from Becky since he did the finances and never shared any of the details with her. What had been a moment of unlimited elation slowly faded into 19 months of uncertain silence. Jeff Blake still had heard nothing from Lisa Paternino. He began to believe that the deal he had made with her would turn out like so many of his previous deals, a pure, undiluted loser. There was considerable excitement in Gary. Its boys baseball, Babe Ruth, team had won its way to the state finals to be played in June in Arvada, Colorado, and two of the Blake boys were on the team. Adrian Blake anchored first base and his brother Andrew Blake was the team's star left-handed pitcher. As the Blake family was packing the station wagon to leave for the state finals, Jeff answered a call. It was Lisa. She simply said, Mr. Blake, I am now ready to consummate our special deal. I'm on my way to Arvada. My sons are playing in a baseball championship there. That's great. I've found a house in Cherry Hills, which is pretty close by. Maybe we can get together while I'm there. Okay, but won't your wife also be there? No, she can't make the trip. She twisted her knee last week. Too bad. Looking forward to seeing you.
no one noticed the attractive woman with the floppy hat and stylishly striped capris come into the stands, and sit next to Sergeant Jeff Blake. It was crowded and everyone only cared about their own boys and their own games. There were lots of unknown people, and folks from Geary seldom got up to Denver. Hello, Sergeant Blake. Mind if I sit next to you? Affecting a drawl, Jeff responded, why ma'am I'd be pleased as a porcupine's pokes. She giggled. She had never seen humor in him before. A pleasant surprise. Sergeant Blake, here's the $7,000 that you gave me. I completed my program and am now drug-free. She paused and looked directly at him. If you take the money, we'll be even. There won't be any obligation to continue with our agreement. You can stay married to your wife, and I'll disappear from your life. If you don't take the money, then I'll abide by the agreement. You'll divorce your wife and I will marry you. Your choice. Jeff Blake reached for her hand and gently brought it to his lips and kissed it. Miss Lisa Murray, will you marry me? Mr. Jeffrey Robert Blake, I most certainly will. She squeezed his hand tightly. Jeff, there are just two conditions that you have to meet. He was confused, uncertain what she meant. She saw his confusion, but continued anyway. First, you must find a new job here in the Denver area. I will not live in that little town. I now have a house here. We can live there. Jeff quickly responded with a sure. He had often thought how difficult it would be to continue living in Geary and working at the prison once he had married Lisa. Too much history. Too many nosy busybodies. Too close to Becky. Second, Mr. Blake, I have just completed a very demanding substance abuse program. I will not live in a house where there are any kind of drugs. I mean nothing. Nada. That includes cigarettes, cigars, pipes, and chewing tobacco. Mr. Blake, you have exactly 30 days to quit smoking. I do not want to see you ever light up another smoke again. Do you hear me? Do you understand? His response was somewhat weak. Yes. Then stronger, yes, of course. Of course. Just then their attention returned to the baseball game. Jeff's son was pitching, but the pitch hung a bit. The kid from the other team swung and hit it with a resounding bang. Home run over the right field fence, bringing in three runs. What had been a one-run lead, was now a certain defeat. Jeff's son was sent to the bench. He was angry, kicking things, cursing. Jeff turned to Lisa. Sorry, but I have to become a father. He needs to handle things better than that. Lisa understood, it was what she expected. Lisa's resolve solidified. The three Blake boys really needed their father, and the situation required her to act, and act decisively. She had to ensure that Jeff Blake would always be close to his sons. It was up to her to make sole custody a certainty. Sole custody. That would mean the current Mrs. Blake, Becky, would be the loser. But, that was her problem, not Lisa's. <laughs>